welcome to Scaling the Summit, Radio Gold Style. Your host, Charity Bryan and Sandra K. Sims. I am your technical director, Ginger Aaron Brush. Let's get started. Welcome to another exciting episode of Scaling the Summit. We are Radio Gold. I'm Charity Bryan. And as always, my co-host is Sandra Sims. Buddy, how are you today? Oh my gosh. The weather has turned. We've got a yeah. cold front that's come down here. It is cool. It is for big girl. It oh. is the best. I just want to stand outside I, and hold my arms out and grab it. It's so awesome. I know. Isn't it great? Do you think it's going to stick around or are we going to? No, you know? I think, I think we're in, I think fall is here. You know, we're always going to get some heat back, yeah. but I think we're about ready to go into campfire mode and oh, oh yes. And hot s'mores. chocolate. Yes. S'mores, buddy. That's it. I can't oh, wait. Oh my gosh. So it's beautiful right. here. Well, look, it got a little cooler in Southeast Louisiana too. Uh-oh. So nice. Um, I might have to break out a long sleep tea no here in the next few weeks. I don't oh, know. that's it could incredible. Okay. Well, you know what else is incredible? What? Our guest today. And I am so excited and we are so honored to speak with our special guest today, Linda Woods Huber. Welcome to Radio Gold. Linda, how are you? I'm good. Thank you, Charity. It's good to be here with you and Sandra. Well, we're thrilled to have you, and we're so glad all of our technologies are working. And, you know, you're, you're in the far north. You're in Pennsylvania. That's, that's very far away. So we're just so delighted that you're here today. Now, now, wait a minute. Me, wait a minute. I got to oh, ask her what the weather is. What's, okay, we've talked about our it. weather. What's the weather like? It's there? fall weather. Oh. Fall weather has finally come. It's beautiful. What you were saying, Sandra, it is so beautiful. I mean, we're going to have rain tomorrow, pretty much rain, but we need it anyway. So that's okay. But yeah, it's, it got cool all of a sudden. And uh, I have long sleeve t-shirts on. There you go. I usually do because I'm usually cold. So that's There okay. you go. Well, okay. Well, I just want to make sure we had the whole, we needed everybody to report weather. Is we, this an yeah, important piece? We're an equal opportunity weather R- update reporter. podcast. <laughs> Yes. Yes. It's breaking news for us. All right. Well, listen, buddy, you know, as always for our listeners who might not know Linda Woods Huber, I am going to give you her background, how impressive it is. Linda received her bachelor of science degree in health and physical education from Lock Haven University. And she taught health and physical education for 10 years and coached field hockey, which we don't have a lot of here in the South, buddy, basketball and gymnastics. So we're going to hear more about that. She managed a racket club for five years, was also a health educator and fitness consultant at a local hospital. Then she went on to get her master's degree in management from Penn State University, home of the whiteout, which is just about one of the coolest things in college football. She's been the executive director of Pennsylvania AFERD for 37 years. She's now retired from that position, but buddy, 37 years. That is incredible. Well, it's got to be a record. I mean, it's got to be up there. She's been a Pennsylvania State AFERD member for 45 plus years. She's been on numerous Eastern District Association councils and committees. She served as Eastern District President, Eastern District Parliamentarian. She's been a member of the Society of Association Management, which we lovingly refer to as SAM. She's ACSM Certified Fitness Specialist. served also as a health educator and fitness consultant at Wellspan Ifrata Community Hospital. Linda, did I? Ifrata. 
Okay. Efforta. All right. Well, thank you for saying it for me. Uh, and a health educator at Harrisburg Area Community College, which I can say. She's also served as treasurer for the local SHAPE Pennsylvania Association. And she's currently, buddy, parliamentarian for the National the Academy. Academy. The, Academy. the Academy. And we are so glad that she is serving in that role because she is simply excellent at it. So some honors. She's received numerous awards at the state, district, and national levels for service to the profession and service to her professional associations. She is a SHAPE Pennsylvania honor uh, member, and they have the Linda Woods Huber Appreciation Award. How cool is that? She was also honored when Eastern District named the Acknowledgement Service Award the Linda Woods Huber Award. Buddy, when you get awards named after you, you know you're doing something right. You know, it's amazing, uh, truthfully. I mean, just to see, and we couldn't even list all those numerous awards. I mean, she, there were there were numerous. She's done everything. So uh, again, we 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 crossed paths many years ago when yes. uh, EDA we were we were doing. I think it was that big the connection between the two conference. The we're going to do the two districts together, mm -hmm. and we had that's when magic occurred. Eastern District and Southern District became wonderful friends, and of course. We, we're all hanging as family members, even to this day. So wonderful. So thank you for that. We're going to kind of dig into some of this stuff. I'm interested uh, because I was a physical education teacher and a coach. I, this is a, these are the things that we don't always know because this is a conversation that doesn't come up. I did not know that you coached. At, this is teaching and coaching, but coaching field hockey. Now, Linda, I need you to know we're from the South. We we don't do field hockey down here. We don't we don't no. even know what we don't even we, know what it means. We do know what it means. It, but it's we, a field, and they're playing hockey. Okay. So it's not on we, ice, right, buddy? We, not on we, ice. We do a lot of floor hockey here, at, but it's not the same. That is clearly not the same stick. I don't know that we could handle it. I, anyway, I'm just letting you know that you coached it amazingly, but that you coached field hockey, basketball, and gymnastics while you're teaching. That was phenomenal. Can you give us, I, I need to know, where did this occur? Well, when I first got out of Lock Haven, I moved north in New Jersey to Hackettstown, New Jersey. And there, uh, there were three physical education teachers in the department, three women and three men. And so um, they did have field hockey. And that's my love. I played at Lock Haven. I played at high school. Ah. I just love field hockey. Yeah, that's my real love. But I noticed at the time, um, when I was up there, that there was a real um, need for gymnastics. At that time, it was gymnastics was coming big in the school districts, in the, in the um, competitive arena of the high schools. Um, so I started a gymnastic team there. Now, we were a club team at first when I first worked there. And that was in that was in northern Jersey. But I loved the coaching of gymnastics and field hockey and basketball because of the connection to the students. I just love that connection. And it was um, and we had fun together. And I hope we made it my the other coach and myself made it enjoyable for them to be part of a team, which was so, so very important. And so then I got married uh, after I taught there for two years. And then my husband and I, he was a, an undergraduate student at Penn State University. So we moved to State College, Pennsylvania. And then I got a job in a little town called Belfont which was the county seat. And I taught at the high school there. And that's where um, my gymnastic team, there wasn't one there, but I started it uh, at the time. And that was really exciting because the girls were really not, not 
not because of me. They weren't good because I was a great coach, but they would go to the Y when they were in elementary school and junior high, and they would learn all these wonderful gymnastic things. So when they came to the high school, I noticed how talented they were. So we started a gymnastic team and that was really a highlight. That was real fun. That was real fun. Um, and then I, we were there for about four years. Yeah, four years, four years. Then I taught at Belfont when my husband decided to go back to school after he graduated from Penn State and we moved to Ohio. So that kind of stopped my teaching at that time and my coaching, but absolutely loved it. And teaching just fit right in. You know, I just love teaching. That's my very, very favorite thing. But I think it's amazing, though, that you, you when gymnastics, when I was in high school, you know, Title IX had just come in and really kind of kicked up and brought women's sports back in. We don't see gymnastics at all. Do y'all do y'all still see gymnastics as a high school sport at all? In the we state? don't now. Right. I think it has left the two schools where I had it. Right. Uh, it's no longer there. Even I don't, we don't see it here. Louis, is it Louisiana no. Charity? Do you know? I, I mean, no, you know, buddy. it's just all clubs. I mean, and that's great. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's great. But we had a great gymnastics team too. But I I remember playing i was over on the side playing volleyball and basketball and then obviously those people that were they, that is hardcore i mean they were it was some serious i don't know i can't imagine coaching that many different skills that you have to that they have they're to they're different yeah they're all yes. different everyone in yes. sports are different yes. but um but i was lucky to have talented students that's for sure uh kids that really wanted to learn and and were, and were good at what they've done but you mentioned title nine sandra right. sandra and um and that was coming into being as well right. but i remember my first few years at belfont um i drove the team in my car you think about the liability of that right. but i drove the team if we wanted to have a team we had a practice at 6 a.m in the morning mm -hmm. and we because we couldn't get the gym of course uh, and then my parents and myself, we had to drive to the meets, but the parents loved it so much that they were energetic and they wanted to do it. Right. When I look back at that, I think, oh, my word, I can't believe I did that. And those and practices were rough for gymnastics at 6 a.m. in the morning to get them warmed up and their muscles pliable and, and be flexible enough to do all those routines and stuff. But we made it work because there was a drive there and there was a passion that we wanted to make sure that we had this team. I think you that's know. awesome. But anyway, I, and those are the things that you don't know. I, this is what I love. I don't, the podcasts are wonderful just because we know people, but yet we find out things about that we would not ever. I don't know that we'd have ever had a, a chance to talk about your past coaching. And I absolutely love it. I love that you're a high school teacher. Absolutely. It's, it, it was my dream job of my, my life. It's what I always wanted to do. And love coaching and teaching. So amazing that you did that as well. So I think that the biggest thing is I just wanted to make sure that other listeners who don't know this about you, Linda, like I didn't, uh, knew that you were a great coach as well. But then when you even gave a tidbit that you played as well, so that you played field hockey. Now I know Charity and I probably need to understand a little bit about field hockey. We might need to have at the summit, I'm thinking maybe we should have a little session, know, some kind of you know, intro, like give us some, we need some tips. So that would be a fun thing for us to do at our social. What oh, about buddy, I, was, I was thinking a whole session. I was thinking <laughs> oh, like we could do a session, like, you know, bring field hockey to the we South. We need it. We, oh, yeah. we need it. We, that would be awesome. Hey, Linda, you know what I thought was uh, interesting about what you said is 
you know, I, I love the, the old stories about, oh my God, can you believe back in the day we fill in the blank, right? Drove the van, washed the uniforms, all those things that today, you know, no young people especially have no idea what, what it kind of used to be like. So it's, I, I, I always chuckle a little bit and then go, wow, it's a little reminiscent of when, you know, we didn't know better to wear, oh, our seatbelt. Sorry, buddy. Oh. Uh, you know, um, but Linda, where were you in Ohio? I'm very curious. We're, we're oh, fans we were of Ohio. At, oh, my husband went to law school at Ohio Northern University, okay. which is kind of near Toledo between Columbus and Toledo. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know, our dear friend Donna Hester is a three-time Ohio State grad from Ohio. So. I do know that because we yep. talked about Penn State and Ohio State right. and attended the game uh, and always find out who wins. So, uh-huh. well, yes, it's go. very competitive, as we know. It's very competitive. Very competitive. <laughs> well, listen, you know, Linda, your passion for service and leadership is very clear uh, throughout your career. There's clearly a theme there. And serving as a state executive director for 37 years is just outstanding. I mean, wow, that is a very long time. What do you what did you enjoy most about being the executive director for Pennsylvania State Aford? Definitely the people that I got to work with every day, a job I loved because I um, I just met these people that were passionate and they were dedicated, committed to our profession and how we can grow that profession and make Pennsylvania State Aford, that was the name at the time, um, the biggest association and the most forward thinking. And I would go to national workshops and so many times Pennsylvania was taking the lead in things and I was so proud of them. But that was the best part of being executive director. And I started as part time. If you had all the years of what you're saying I've done, like I, I taught for 10 years, I, you know, you're thinking, my God, you've got to be like 80 years old or something. <laughs> so I'm really glad you don't have the video on. Um, but You don't, but you really, don't look anywhere near 80. Come on. No, no. Come on. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. But you figure 37 years, it started part time and it just grew and grew and grew because we grew as an association and, and got a lot of things done. But so we started small, but we got really big. Um, and that was the best thing of that. And plus, I like organizational things like now with the academy, with the bylaws, I like things like that. I like wordsmithing and I like um, delving into like the um our documents and making sure that that those are operational and that they work. So processes are really important. So that helped me enjoy my job a lot. Well, and you keep us on track, which is what we need. So that's what thank I was going to say. She's a great parliamentarian. I mean, she is. Yes, she's, she's got it. Outstanding. Ooh, so, uh, Linda, you're also a founding member of SAM, the Society for Association Management, which you know, a lot of people in our field may not even realize SAM exists or what it is or what it does. And um, I know it and Sandra, you know it as well as a, a group of incredible individuals and incredible leaders. And you were a founding member. And I know that that small group that founded SAM is a very impressive group. Do you, do you remember the other founding members that, that worked with you on that? I do. I do. And they're no longer with Sam, of course, as neither am I. I mean, we're, we're uh, members forever, once a member, um, but they're no longer there being the executive director of their state or their district. Um, but certainly Texas, Quentin Christian, and from Southern District, it was Donna Dunaway. 
and Donna Hester and all those people that I got to know so well, Clyde Parton, he was one of our founding members. He was one that was there, Diane Rappa. Um, oh gosh, I could just name so many, but yeah, so many people. And then we stayed friends for many, many years and we took turns. Then we had other chairs along the way, but we would sit at a hotel Washington in Washington, DC when our president elects were over in another room having their meetings. It was called the president elects conference back then. And we just went out into the the uh, foyer area and up on the rooftop and sat there and talked about how we could share things. And wow, that was the start of people sharing all their ideas for how can we be better state associations? How can we manage better? How can we grow? Uh, what can you share with me? And I've learned so much. People like Karen Dowd, I remember learning so much from her because they did the neatest stuff down there in Florida when she, when she and I both served as executive directors. And I take some of those ideas with me. So I'm very lucky to have been working with all those wonderful people. Wow. And, you know, it's, it's so fun to kind of look back and go, you know, we were just having a good time wherever, on the rooftop, in somebody's suite. And then you go, oh, wow. And, and it birthed an idea. It birthed a, you know, something really new. So you were chair for Sam at both the national and the district levels. Do you have a favorite uh, memory or two of, some fun Sam meetings or being with all your Sam friends? <laughs> I think one of the best ones, of course, is sitting at the Hotel Washington on the roof and uh, and chatting informally about how we were going to get bigger and bigger. And then I remember that at the time, though, AFERD at the time, our national association, was a little leery. The leadership was a little leery of this group of executive directors. Like, what are they going to do? Are they going to be real powerful? Yes, they'll become real powerful. And that won't be a good thing necessarily. I remember we had to fight that verbiage because that was coming out uh, now and then among some of the leadership at the time. And that was, you figure 30, wow, 30 years ago, 35 years ago, but wow. that yeah. was fear. And so um, I think we just grew into be like a good leader group mm -hmm. that could help our state associations and share with each other. So states became closer. We all became closer. Yeah, that's awesome. So given your lifetime of service, literally, what do you think is so important about serving professionally, especially if you're in our profession currently, maybe you're a future professional, you're a young professional, wherever you are, what do you think is the importance and why we should, why we should make the time really to be involved and serve our professional organizations? Well, that's a really good question from the standpoint that you said it. Why do we have to make the time or why do we have to find the time to do these things? We have to find the time to do those things because it just doesn't land on our laps. It's usually the people who do everything, do everything. So um, that are the busiest, as we all know, we ask them to do things because we say that they're busy, but they'll get the job done. But to volunteer in any capacity, and that would be volunteer when we go into our leadership positions in the different professional associations, and volunteering just gives you a whole new perspective on the association and other people um, and just gives you a good feeling that hopefully we're doing something that's worthwhile. Mm -hmm. But that volunteer, that volunteering is wonderful for our wellness. You know, it, it, it gets us spiritually and socially and emotionally. It's real important for our awesome. overall wellness that we Thank volunteer. You. Thank you. But I think this is so important because when we talk about here we are, on the cusp of, uh, we have a new, brand new organization. 
uh, the academy and we talk about service. And I think that's what's so awesome about the academy is that we have opportunities for so many people to serve. And I think that that's, that's where I grew. I mean, I grew up. I mean, I was this young pup at one point, but I think that the point was I was given a chance in my professional groups to grow. When you talk about that Pennsylvania State Association, if people would just go to their state association and get started, then once you get developed, they, many of those people will then push you toward that other group, in other words, to a mm -hmm. national group. And I think that's what's so special about the academy is that there's an opportunity for so many people to serve and, and, and get that growth. But I want to kind of double back before I go on. But Sam has been, I'm, I've never, I've only been on the outside looking in, but I'm going to be truthful. I had a chance to come sit. There was one time Donna Hester had to be somewhere and I had, I had a chance to the honor to sit in as a kind of like a, a stand-in, so to speak. And I have never been so awestruck by people because to be an ED in all these states and doing all what you do, I mean, and you here you've done it for 37 years. That's a long window of, of service, but not just serving, but that organization and all the things you're doing. I think that I felt so, the, I don't know, I felt the presence of greatness in truth sitting in the room. And then I had a chance to speak to the group uh, a couple of years later and my knees were knocking. I mean, I was sweating bullets because I went, these are people that I would love to be around. And the great thing is in getting, when you serve, you get to actually come back and actually get to know these people. And you realize there are people that are just really cool people that can be your personal friends. But I'm, I'm just going to be honest with you. Anybody who has been involved with Sam, I think incredible. Um, I don't know. I just think that you're wonderful for everything that you've done, not just with, at your state, but that y'all get together and you have such a powerful group. So thank you for founding this group. And I know that it, uh, it, it needed that founding. And I think that that was real powerful along the way. All right. What I want to do is- I was in the room when you uh, spoke, Sandra. Oh, you were not. I was you in the room not. when you spoke Ooh. to Sam. No. And I remember- you I were so scared. dynamic and I'm so motivated. you did a wonderful job, oh wonderful job for our group. But, and everyone said that, you know, all buddy, the said, wow, did, that, I, was I, that was not set up to say this, but I'm just going to be, I didn't know that you're, buddy. I, I, I just, listen, I just want you to know, I was just awed by the group and to have the honor to stand there and talk to you. Um, what, what, a, I mean, it's one of those things, those markers in your life that you're going to, I'm going to remember. I'll remember that day, and I'll also remember that comment. So thank you. Hey, so but much. buddy, can I ask no, you a question real no, quick? No, don't. don't. You, 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 this will be my one time. My no, one, don't talk my to me. One off script time. Oh lord. So people say nice things to you can't on the show. I can't take it. And you just always look like you don't believe them. I, it's I what just, is the, what is the deal? I don't. It's not about me. I don't like it to be. I about know, me. but I don't. I mean, just you know. I I, don't, I appreciate it. Thank you, and let's move on. Okay, that's it. <laughs> Hey, buddy. Hey, you're, you're weird. Thank you. Okay. And I'm, I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed. Uh, I've got, okay. But you haven't cried yet. So we're I know. Keep well, going. It's going to keep going. I might oh, right gee. now, because I'm talking about family. This, this, I got to come back to your question. I know that family has been very important to you and you have, just like you said in your life of when you were sharing about the moves that you would make you know, it had to do with you, you got married and you moved on and you did different things. But I also know that it was reciprocal. I know that you're, you were supported by your family and, and the things that you wanted to do. So I wanted to kind of give you a chance to, to share with the listeners a little bit about how your family impacted your career. 
Right. My mother, first of all, I would think of her at first and um, and we were close. She just passed away this past November last year, 2020 of COVID. But she mm. she was my one of my best friends and we did everything together. But she never had the opportunity to um, even graduate from high school. It was during the Depression and they lived on a farm. So she was kept home to, to help work on the farm. But she said she always wanted to be a teacher. And so I thought, well, you know what, that sounds like a fun thing. And I used to play school all the time when I was growing up with my dolls and I would get little books and I would, I would play and I would teach them. I loved it. I, I always loved that. And, but that was the first, that was the first thing that gave me that momentum and that push. And my brother and his wife had two children and they almost became like my children because we did not have children, my husband and I. And so um, Michael and Melissa, my brother's two children, they really treated us almost like second parents. So my husband and I, we could, we were close to them and that was so nice. So, and I didn't want to live too far away when we lived in state college and then moved to Ohio. Those were years that uh, we weren't home with our families, very close to our families at that time. Right. So it was good to get back to Lancaster County, Pennsylvania, so that we could be back with our family. But absolutely, we're still close. We still celebrate all holidays and Uncle Rick and Aunt Linda are included <laughs> in those family holidays, holiday dinners and celebrations. So that's a good thing for us. But, you know, you said something about your mother. You, If you've if anybody's followed this show at all, um, we're we're mothers have been huge in all of our lives. I mean, they've been our person who lifted us up and who gave us dreams and, and I don't know, greater supporters. Uh, but I think I remember even reading a little bit about your mom. Uh, she was still living. Uh, I mean, she can I can I ask how do you mind if I ask how old she was when she passed? No. last year? Oh, not at all. No, she was 94. That mm -hmm. is OK. So number one, you have genetics on your that, so that she showed you. But she was living alone. If I if I read I was reading up some things on you from coming to the show, but she was still living alone in her late 80s. Is that correct? Oh, 92. No um, way. Yeah. She broke her hip when she was 88. Oh, wow. And got with the walker, lived on her own, still drove her car. But then I noticed things starting to fail about age 92. So, yeah. But wonder, I mean, I just, I, with my mother, everybody knows my mother was such a iconic, um, I don't know, just this figure that I love so much. She, she left early, uh, genetically she left. I mean, in other words, seventies are maxed out for the Sims world, but I'm just saying for you to have had your mom for nine till 92, what a gift, but that yeah. she actually helped you along the way. So I love, I love that she gave you that dream of being a teacher and that you, I don't know, maybe you lived out and she probably smiled that you were able to do what she couldn't do. Um, I hope so. Yeah. I think that that's pretty <laughs> awesome. All right. Uh, so Pennsylvania is your home. So that's where your home base was. You, you went away, you went away for a while, but you, you've come back home. I'm, I'm, I guess, why? Tell me, tell me what is it about Pennsylvania besides family being there? That's, tell me what, what about Pennsylvania is that reason that you want to always stay at, at near home? Well, um, yeah, my husband and I both are from Lancaster County. Uh, we met each other in fourth grade. And so we both, you know, wow. wanted to get back to Lancaster County area because we wanted to be near family if we had because we wanted to have a family as well. So we thought if we have children, we definitely want to be around our parents and our nephews and nieces and all. Um, well, that did not come to fruition, but we did move back to Lancaster County where he then started practicing and I started working for um, PSA for, but that got us back to Pennsylvania. But why Pennsylvania? Right. We're real, I love the farms. I love the Amish. Mm -hmm. 
uh, farms and roadside stands that are here that we could just go and all these markets we have. And uh, it's it's rural. We live in Lidditz, which, by the way, in 2013 was the coolest small town in America. Nice. And it's still cool. It's a really neat little town. And that's where we live now. Um, and hopefully we've been here now for 30 years, something Wonderful. like that. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, coming back to Pennsylvania is important. We, we're skiers, so we like to go to the mountains, but I also like the shore. So where we live, we're really in between good skiing and other activities like the shore and, and water sports and things. That so, sounds like, yeah. a, that's, a, that's a dream. Linda, is, yeah. the sh- is the shore like a code word for beach? Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. I just want to be sure I would, I wasn't, I wasn't sure what we were <laughs> saying. Isn't that funny how we use different words, the beach, the shore. Um, so funny. Yeah. Okay. I have one more question. If you could live, huh. I know that you want, I know Pennsylvania is important, but if you could live anywhere else, if you had a chance, where would it be? If your family, I mean, if your family could go say, to, I hate to say Pennsylvania, but I, okay. we would go closer to the colder climate. So we would go maybe to New Hampshire. We love New Hampshire okay. and all the places to hike and ski there um, and whatever. So maybe I'd say New Hampshire or Utah too. We like Utah a lot. So See, I'm going to say, I think people up North, you're tougher. You're tougher than we are down here. I get just a little, that cold. I like cold, but I'm going to be honest with you. I went out, I'm used to washing my hair. And then going outside, I was visiting Iowa in the winter and I walked outside and my hair froze. I didn't know any better. And I went, I'm not in Alabama anymore. Buddy, and you know, you didn't all the time that you spend on your hair for it to freeze. I know. And it was, oh my gosh, it was hilarious. But I'm just saying, y'all are tough. You're tough. You're tough people that y'all could go these sub-zero weather. I don't know. Mm. Uh, I just want you to know, I think you're tough, tough women. Way to go. So that's Thank it. <laughs> okay. Now we're ready to go on to our past, present, future. This is a, a kind of a series we started um, with a few, a few of our like past podcasts. And it really kind of gives us a chance to let you kind of give a chance to tell us a little bit about like health education is an area of your life. And I'm interested, what have you noticed in your window um, of view that you've seen that's changed in health education across the country. What have you seen inside your, cause you're, you're into wellness. You're, you love in your spots of, of different things that you've been able to do. You've been doing so many things with health education and um, fitness. So is there anything that you've noticed over that window in the past that you would like to be able to at least say, here's what I've seen that's actually happened. And yeah. we're, we're well, as an undergrad, um, it's always been controversial, I guess, even in PSA for to say like, what are the colleges teaching? And we were HPE majors and, and they're different across the nation, right. I know. But in Pennsylvania, you can be a health educator and get a degree to teach, or you can be a health and physical educator. You can't just be a physical educator. Wow. So we were we were health and physical education majors. So the bulk of our education undergrad was physical education. And so health was thrown in there. And then when we got out teaching, depends where we went to teach, they had curriculum that we, that we followed. But I realized then when I first started teaching health, 
way back when, um, while teaching physical education as well, that it was more based on prevention, like mm. disease prevention uh, and those kind of hygiene type things. And, um, and then as I got through all the years and teaching at different places and then went to the wellness center at the hospital, that was a big time where I started teaching um, the fitness components of weight management, fitness components of diabetes education, um, and considered the health educator that I was to be there. So then I think we, I know, wellness took us into promotion. And now we're promoting people to be healthier. Right. And I see real value when I go to Hack to teach. It's a community college and we get uh, non-traditional uh, non students coming there, but we also, so all ages, or we get a lot of students coming out of high school come there first before they transfer to a four-year school. And I noticed that the health literacy is mm. lacking greatly, is lacking greatly. And I'm hoping they're doing better uh, in our high schools in Pennsylvania, but I, I'm not sure they are. We are working on standards and I know uh, our state association is working with our department of ed. Uh, I mean, our department of ed and the state association is working together now because they're trying to get our standards done so we can get them out to the teachers. Um, but it'll be based on health literacy as opposed to what I remember as disease prevention, which is good, which I think is good. So it's critical. And the other thing I really noticed too, Sandra and Charity, is that when I first started teaching, of course, elementary was mostly just teaching them about taking care of their bodies and whatever, but I taught high school. And when I taught high school, it was about promotion, prevention and promotion of health education and being healthy. But when I got out of teaching, I then uh, worked at the hospital and also HAC. And I realized that um, when we talk about health education, that there's so much more across the lifespan that needs to be taught. Mm -hmm. So when I at the hospital, I started a senior walking program 30 years ago now, it's a 30 year old wow. program. And where we get together every Monday morning at 7.30 in the morning and go for um, a two-mile walk, about a two-mile walk. And so I realized that those people, now they were all my mother's age. My mother and my mother-in-law were two of my first walkers oh, that joined nice. our club. Uh, and I was the, one of the, well, I was the youngest person. I was the leader. But now I still walk with them and I'm still their leader on Monday morning. And now I'm older than many of them. <laughs> so it's like, oh, gee, I'm supposed to be younger. But anyway, um, that was really important to me. And to see the link between health education starting in, in mm. preschool even, and then get it through the adults. And what do we need to teach the adults? Amazing. And health education changes. I mean, disease prevention and promotion, all those things change across the, the time. Just And lately with COVID, oh my goodness, mm -hmm. you know, there's so, so much to learn right. and be taught um, and practice and practice mm. as well. We, we really emphasize now in health education, uh, we, it's the wellness concepts. It's the six components of wellness and then the other three that we add in sometimes to discuss as well. Right, critical. Perfect. Yeah, Linda, we had a great discussion uh, with our guest last week, Brent Powell from, uh, he's from California. And he made a great point. And that was, you know, if, if we really had some solid health education in every state at every grade level, you know, maybe we wouldn't have to put up signs about how to wash our hands properly. You know, it's just those, those little mm -hmm. things. So, you know, in terms of present day, what do you think about the current status of health education in public schools today? What are your, what are your thoughts on what we're doing well or not so well 
currently? Well, I, I can only really speak for Pennsylvania. What I know is going on here since it's state-based. Um, and we do have health education, but it's, a, it's an elective. They don't have mm. to get it possibly. In some school districts, they have to get it for a credit, but other school districts, they do not. So it's a choice. Do they want to take it or not? Now, at our community college, we do have to. That's one of the electives they can take, and many do take it. Um, but in high schools, hopefully now they're, they're working more toward the literacy of health education. So when people leave high school, they can they have some foundation so that they can live a, a well, a more well life or a healthier life and make decisions on their own. That's what we fed them the material years and years ago. Now we want them to research it. We want them to get a passion for their health and their wellness and, and leave school knowing what they need to look for and teaching that health literacy will help us to them to do that help them to do that. Yeah. Awesome. And I think this is interesting because we, we, we try to talk to people because I don't really know what's going on in Pennsylvania, but in Alabama, we have a requirement. We have a course of study that's, that's K-8. It says health education is supposed to be taught, but no one's teaching it. I mean, it's, it's a course of study, course studies law. It has all these standards and it's really, it's massive, but, and it would make a difference if somebody was teaching it in our high school they have to have one half unit, just a half of a unit to graduate. But typically we don't have any health educators teaching class. So even wow. in, in our state, we don't have anybody in physical, we do physical education here. So they're nearly not health education. Um, they're not getting that knowledge base. We, of course, physical education has, is a, is a, holds a lot of area. Where we could do some carryover, but it's still not the same. Health education has very, very specific content. And I find that even in our state that we have it required, it's it's poorly done. And so when you mm -hmm. said in Pennsylvania, there's nothing that it's just a kind of a, a I guess an elective. What is it in elementary? Is it at all? Or, or is it being encouraged? It, who's teaching? Is it's anybody by teaching? the classroom? So the classroom yeah. teachers teaching health education. Are there yeah, actually whatever they choose to teach? Yeah, okay. I'm not sure. Okay. That's you know, every school district will be different. So it's local. Sure. It's Until local. we get the standards. I got, I'm with you. I'm with you. So and I hope. You're right. Well, we and would, I think we, that the, the kids, we need people. We need health educators that would teach. And I think that that's what, like what Brent said, it's sad when we're saying so that's somebody else's job. These kids need to know how to wash your hands, how to handle things. And we wait for a pandemic to be honest and go, <laughs> wow, uh, nobody knows how to do this. And I'm thinking, well, who, who is teaching them? We, we can't assume it's being done. So I do hope health, health education is coming around. I want to ask a future question. What do you think we should do? In other words, where do you think, you know, I would love to tell you that the content standards are going to impact, and I hope it does in Pennsylvania. Um, I had a state superintendent look at me at one time, and I, I looked at him, and I said, this is a great course of study. I said, I really hope it, if, if, if we could just do this. He said, but there's no course of study police. Oftentimes, you have these standards that go and sit on a shelf and no one in some of the areas like physical education, health education, because we're not tested for graduation, they just go, they'll just get it. I do hope it happens in Pennsylvania, but tell me what you think that we should do. I don't know. Here we are at the end, hopefully near the end of a pandemic. Maybe we're starting to see some things coming through. Where do you think we need to go and to get health education a little bit better done? better done in our schools and in our community? 
I think, well, I know we have some excellent health educators who teach hands-on wellness to their students and they are out there having workshops and we're having them come to our state conference and things like that. And so sharing, going to those conferences and hearing from probably the best of the best, how do you implement this? How do you connect with all those students? Uh, And what are you teaching them? Because right now, we have some guidelines from the Department of Ed, but they're not really standards. And you're right, even if we have standards, are they gonna follow them? I think we need to definitely look into the whole concept of wellness. It's not just the physical health. You know, we have to talk about the whole body and the whole mind and spirit. Um, And the environment comes into that big time now. And you have to think, and the intellectual um, wellness, you know, how, intellectually well are these students that they when they leave because once they leave high school we don't know if they'll ever have any formal education so we can motivate them in those years motivate them and definitely lead them in the right direction so but I think that's what's happening and I hope that with the academy with the push for health literacy I really do hope that we can then begin open the doors and we can actually see a brighter future because I do think that that's we just need to start focusing on some things and get get some things done and I hope as education, we know that there's pockets of great educators all and all across the country that are doing it without being mandated. Uh, I just would like to see every kid in that classroom uh, have have the opportunity to learn the things that we need to learn. Thank you for sharing. All right, Linda, we're gonna shift gears a little bit to your amazing career. You ready? (laughs) (laughs) I think so. All right, so what good advice were you given early on in your career and who gave you that advice? Early on in my career, I, I'm not sure if I'm going to say when my career started. Um, it's, that's but, up to you. <laughs> I'm thinking that it probably um, was when I first, I knew I wanted to always, I always knew I wanted to be a teacher. I knew that. But when I really knew where I wanted to focus on a physical education, and at that point, it was physical education, not health education. That was separate even in our school at the time. So it was physical education. And I knew when I had my first class in junior high school, that's when we had phys ed. We didn't have it prior to junior high school. I knew that that was what I wanted to do. And then I had a teacher in that school that said, I can see you being a really good physical educator someday because you have the passion and whatever, all that encouraging words that you want to hear when you're in, when you're a kid. But that was the first thing that gave me the initiative to want to go to college and do something like that and do something in my field that I'm starting to love now. Awesome. So what would you give, what advice would you give if there's a future professional listening today that's interested in possibly getting into physical education or health education? What advice would you give them today? Wow. I tell people today, when I was executive director and I'd see students too, I'd say, this is the best field you could ever major in. I have been out. I mean, I could have retired from teaching, oh my, 20 years ago, maybe, uh, if I would have stuck with it the whole time. Um, And I still can practice my uh, career path now because now I'm working with seniors. Now I'm working with people who still need that education, that physical education and health education. And I'm working with them. And I think there's so many opportunities for students that are interested and want to major in health and physical education that they can do so, so many other things. They're so well-versed 
in the rec center type situations in fitness training, or they can go in hospital settings where there's wellness programs. They're everywhere. Um, and so to me, I would say you are in, if you love this field, you stick to it. You don't even have to teach in a school someday if, if it doesn't, if you don't follow that path, but there are so many other things you can do. Like I managed a racket club for five years. I love that. That was my management degree that I had from Penn State. I love that. I love the people. I was in a tennis facility every day with people that loved to come to my business because they were playing. They were they were using their skills. I mean, it's it's endless, endless. Well, Linda, you clearly have a passion for what you're doing, and it's so refreshing. But if you had to choose another career entirely, what would you have been? Hmm. Well, let's see. I think. If I could choose another one, I probably would have wanted to be probably a doctor, a medical mm. doctor, because I really enjoy the hospital work that I do now, but I'm in the educational department. Um, but I think so. I, I think I would like that. Help people maybe travel around and help other countries or, or people who need some help, maybe pro bono work or something where we can actually help them. I think that would have been a pretty cool. But you know, when I went through high school, you were basically, we talk about this, my friends and I from high school, we could have either been a secretary, mm -hmm. a nurse, or a teacher. Basically, that was our options. We didn't even think outside the box back then. Um, and so I think I would have maybe gone in a different direction, but maybe I would teach in a medical school because mm -hmm. I love teaching so much. Hey, awesome. you're, not, you're not the first guest that has said we had three choices, right? True. It's which yeah. is just so hard to wrap my head around. <sighs> Me but too. I, Me but too. I think what, but it is great that you we can sit here and look right now and see the young ladies today who have every kind of they they see so many possibilities. So what a oh, what a great view it. that we have a chance to go. You know, I only had three, even though you love what you're doing. These the the young lady, the young girls today have. I don't know, a plethora of, of things that they could oh choose. So it's, it's, uh, that's one of those great views. All right. This is a chance that uh, you get to do a little shout out. Um, this is a time of the show we say, okay, what is something, if you had a chance to really thank somebody for what that they've done in your career, if there's somebody, I, I put down three, but you could have one, two, you could even do more than three if you need to, but I'm interested. Is there anybody that you want to kind of go, you know, this person really, impacted my career and I want to say thanks even if they're not alive You're, yeah there's so many as you would know I Correct. mean we all have those people who mentored us at different times in our life probably the first if I were thinking in the area well my mom I would say but I've already mentioned her um the impact she had in my life but my high school PE teacher when I got to high school in junior high I liked mm -hmm. PE I liked it. We called it gym class back then. And all we really did was play, but I loved it. I loved it. But when I got to high school, we got a physical educator that was right out of Lock Haven. That's probably what made me go there. Lock Haven <laughs> University. She was a teacher from there, young. And she taught us skills. She actually gave us other lesson plans. I mean, I mean we actually learned new things and we did drills and skills and fun things and, and things that really taught us skills. I didn't have that before. So I would wow. say her to kind of where I went to school, but also she was encouraging. You know, she started a girls leaders club. It was called girls leader club. And my girlfriend and I, she went into physical education as well. Um, 
and we went to separate universities, but she was my best girlfriend in high school. And we loved that leader club because that was where we actually got in the gym and led things and did things that gave us another um, motivating factor. Another person I would say, and I, I must say this, I don't know if you know Chick Hungerford, Chick Hungerford. He he's from the Lancaster area, but he was um, a NASB president when NASB mm -hmm. existed. He was our state president, our Eastern District president. But he was a mentor for me. He when I first moved back to Lancaster County, he offered me and hired me for the executive secretary position part time. And so I've always worked with Chick. Bless his heart. I mean, he was wonderful all through my life. He has been wonderful. He supports everything I do with that Linda Woods Huber Appreciation Award in Pennsylvania. It was called the Appreciation Award, by the way. Well, he and his wife have sponsored it both financially and also with their support of giving an Appreciation Award every year since it was developed. And we developed it in 93. So I just think about him. He was he is wonderful. And for so many could say that so many people could say that about him. He was wonderful. And then last but not least, there's many more I know. But I know our time is limited. I would say my husband, um, his, his real name is John, but we call him Rick. His nickname is Rick. So you would hear me call him Rick. Um, but he um, he's smart and he uh, he does a lot of mediation. He's on the mediation board and the state board for mediation. And so he words things so well. And sometimes he'll mm -hmm. say to me, is there a better way we could say that? Or he'll <laughs> say something like that. And I'll have to reconsider and think hmm, there is probably a better way I could say that or whatever. But he had a real big impact in my whole life. I mean, for sure, in my whole life. He's my best friend. We ski together. We, we laugh together all the time. And it's just pretty good life. Pretty lucky I am, I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, bring him to Birmingham. We, I've got a yes, man. I want to. Oh I, yeah, you would. Okay. You, uh, you would. Now, we have a dog though. He'll want to stay home oh, with okay. our dog. <laughs> okay. Oh I my. That. We love dogs. We sure bring, do. Bring the dog. Oh, yeah. Bring the dog. <laughs> love them. All, yeah. all right, Linda. This is rapid fire, fun personal questions. You ready? I think so. Okay. <laughs> this is where we really learn stuff. Okay. When you okay. were a little kid, what did you want to be when you grew up? A teacher. Wow. All right. Favorite, favorite musician or band? Oh, growing up. Okay. I'd say the Beatles. Um, and then probably the Eagles as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Come on. And is, that, is that still your current day favorite or was that your young person favorite? Yeah. Eagles, Eagles today. I still like, and okay. Carol King and James Taylor, they were in my era <laughs> in like college. It. So yeah. 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 All right. Favorite meal to eat or cook? Oh, I think most recently anyway, uh, we're vegetarians, my husband and I. And so I love pasta primavera with oil Ooh. and herbs, oh, Sounds with veg great. all kinds of vegetables in it. Yep. That's my favorite. Ooh. Okay. We're, it's, it's getting lunchtime here. Okay. Mm -hmm. Beach or mountains? Oh, oh I'm sorry. I can't even what was that? Shore. Shore, Shore or mountains. Or mountains. <laughs> <laughs> I love them both. And I do both. We have a place on a ski resort out in Western PA. And so we go out there often. We're right on the ski slope, but we love to hike with our dog and everything. So love the mountains, beautiful, breathing that fresh air, but I love the beach. I love the beach. Okay. With so so yeah. you're both just both, but, but she has, I, she's, I leaning, she's leaning a little more to the shoreline. You think? Well, yes. alone, but my husband oh. doesn't like the beach. So uh, okay, okay. Love, okay. We love okay. the mountains because okay, we gotcha. can do everything there we like to do. Got it. Awesome. Okay. I like okay. the beach with my girlfriends. Yeah. 
All right. Best book you've read lately? <laughs> oh, oh, this was so good. It was called Southbound. Have you ever heard of the Barefoot uh, Sisters? The Barefoot Sisters, two sisters, Lucy and Susan Letcher. And they wrote this book because they, and this is another dream that I would have, to hike the Appalachian Trail mm. from Georgia to Maine. Oh my gosh, what a feat. And these two women, speaking of feet, they did most of it in their bare feet. Oh, no. stuff. yeah. Why? It was called the Barefoot yeah. Sisters. Why? Yeah. That's... And it the book is is riveting because okay. I have such a desire to do that someday. I'm not sure I ever will. But we've hiked some of the biggest mountains. We've hiked Mount Washington. And we've also hiked Mount Katahdin, which is the end. We haven't gotten down to Georgia to do the beginning of the trail, but we've done many here in Pennsylvania, a lot of the Appalachian Trail. Oh, Beautiful. What a dream. Yeah. All right. Yep. What is the best advice you ever received from your mom? Oh, from my mom or my dad? Yeah. Oh, you yeah. can say either, mom either, one. Yeah. either I one. Think both. yeah, I think, yeah, both. Both would say whatever job you do, do it with passion and do it well. And, you know, that even was my summer job. I worked at an ice cream stand in my little town. And my mother worked there as well. And she always said, just do a good job when you're there. Just do, you know, it's not going to be your career choice. But if you're going to take that job, you better do a good job. So I was usually upbeat. And I, I think I worked really hard and did really well there. And I think that paid off. Because people notice that when when you give some initiative, when you give a little bit more of your um, yourself to a job. But See, every I job just, I've ever had, I always said that I loved every job I've ever done. But I think that um, demeanor that what you just said, mm -hmm. that's who you are. I mean, anytime I've ever known you in anything, anything we've ever done, your kindness shines. And so your mom and dad's advice have been <laughs> well received by you. Hey, buddy, how hey. awesome would it be to work at an ice cream stand? Okay, I'm not sure that that would be good for either one of us. I don't we, know. We need to think about that. No, we don't. No, we wasn't don't. good for me either. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. It sounds pretty great. All right, Linda, we are at the point in the show where we have a fun game that we like to play with our friends, and it is called Two Truths and a Lie. And we play this game in honor of our mutual friend. Cam Kirst. And if you want to know anything more about Cam, you just play this game with her and you will just be surprised at the things you learn. So you, Linda, are going to tell us three statements about you. Two of them will be true. One of them will be a lie. They sh probably shouldn't maybe be in that order. I don't know. Your, your call. And we're going to guess which statement about you is not true. So buddy, you know, Ginger's, Ginger's earning a living today. She's teaching. Correct. And it's just you and me. So it, I'm not, I'm not good at this. I need to know. I'm, I don't think I'm like, Oh, for a hundred here. I, I think know, you've, buddy. I think you've done so much better than me, but I'm going to give it a great shot because I right. love this show. Okay. All right. Let's well, go. We're, we're all in. Okay. So Linda, are you ready? Yes, I am. All right. Oh, we're ready. Okay. Three. I've got okay. my notes. I'm taking notes right now. <laughs> okay. Um, I volunteered at uh, Best Friends Animal Sanctuary in Utah mm. for two weeks. That's a really cool place, by the way, whether that's Isn't true that... or a lie. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. okay. Another one. Uh, let's see. Oh, I completed five marathons. It's mm. a lot. And another one. Oh, I play in a pickleball league three times a week. 
Okay, buddy, that's totally true, don't you think? Yeah, uh, yes. Pickleball. I, so I feel like that's pickleball true. is like the hottest thing right now. And if she was at a racket, this has got yeah. to be. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, okay. I, I, so we have the best friends animal sanctuary, and we have the five marathons. Yes, that's on my list. Okay, I'm not good at this. I think I've done it the last time I let us down the path of it was that good. So why don't you? It's okay, you buddy. Go. We're used to it. Are I you know, sure? <laughs> you help me. <laughs> You okay, me. I I think the best friends animal sanctuary could be true because okay. clearly Linda loves certainly her dog. Now we don't know that she loves all animals, but I, I feel like if you I, love your dog, but, you love all animals. But, but wait a minute, Linda's personality—she loves everybody. I mean, she well, has that right. welcoming. Right, I, I could see that. I could see that. And so then I'm wondering if the five marathons is is like a. You know, maybe she, she did is active six or maybe Listen, she did four. That's what I'm saying. I think the number might be off, but I, I could see her being a marathon woman. I yeah, can't. Well, she's, you know, she's one of the little people. Right, right. She's you one know, of the people not, that she's that has to stay yeah. in a blanket in Correct. the summer. Right. Yes. Yes. Where we. <laughs> yeah. She needs to come to the South. Right. right. So okay, um, I'm thinking I'm kind of I like your thinking on this. I'm thinking that two could possibly. It's just the number that's off. Mm-hmm. I could. I, all right. So we're going to go in and say that your lie are the five marathons. Okay. You have to tell us. Can now. you take another <laughs> guess? <gasps> She's saying that that is true. So it it's, is true. Pickleball. <laughs> what if it's a pickleball? What if she, what if pickleball she doesn't do? We but, were all in. All you, right, Linda. You feel okay? We, we just need to know. Okay. Yes, it is pickleball. No, I want to play. I want to play, but Aww. I haven't started yet. I've just been busy or whatever. But I want to play. Okay, but pickleball I have been is the best friend A few times. Okay. Love okay. Best we we got that. Love best so friend. you really have done five marathons. We did believe that you were a marathon runner. I did. Oh, clearly, mm-hmm. we believe that. We just were thinking you might have sold a short, and you might have done ten yeah. marathons. That's okay. You, no, no, no. You're you're it, but you haven't played. But you've got to get into pickleball. I think yes. this I know. Is great. I know. This great is I know. I just lo- I've played it, but I don't play in a league. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. Okay. But I, I got to find a group. I have to find a group and a place. Okay. So when she comes to Birmingham in February, she could bring pickleball equipment and field hockey. And field hockey. Yep. 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 And we could and play in sh- one of the ballroom <laughs> and the shore. <laughs> and the shore. <laughs> yep. Well, Linda, it has been delightful to have you with us today. Thank you so much for your time. It's been great to learn more about you, and we hope you've had fun. I did have fun. Thank you both, Charity and Sandra. This was really enjoyable. And the whole experience I'm having with the Academy is wonderful. I love that it's member-driven. I love that it addresses birth through death, like all ages, not just not just the school, but but it's important. So thank you for all you've done. Well, to you're, uh, bring us where we are. Where you're we very are. kind. Thank you. Thank you, Amelia. And that brings us to the close of another exciting episode of Scaling the Summit. Just a reminder, we look forward to seeing all of you, our dear listeners, at the 2022 Health and Physical Literacy Summit in Birmingham, Alabama, February 13th through 15th, buddy. Valentine's Day. Just Woo! saying. Woo-hoo! We're going to have a big party. Huge, huge party. Uh, registration information for the summit is available at nahpl.org or you can just google national academy of health and physical literacy 
and find the website for more information. So we hope you have a great week and we'll see you soon.